This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. So I was on this other podcast the other day, discussing the host's dating and sex life, and he was telling me about how excited he was. He got to tie this woman up and play a little BDSM, and he was just like, oh, it was so exciting. And he asked me what my thoughts were about BDSM and why people did it. And my answer, because I love it. (laughs) And he was so shocked. I mean, I come in there with this little bun on my head and looking like a fairy. And he just was blown away. And then I just started telling him about all my sexy stories of playing and performing at public BDSM venues for years. And then yesterday I received, this is how crazy synchronistic this is. Yesterday I received an email that my research has been published in an academic journal for sexuality and culture on BDSM where married couples uh, in which one identifies as BDSM and the other one does not and how do they negotiate the sexual aspect of their marriage. And the funny thing is, BDSM is of interest or practiced by so many people that you wouldn't even necessarily typecast them as such. And yet we still hold such a stigma around it and so much taboo and secrecy around it. Now, if you've heard my interview with Jaya in episode 39, you'd learn that one of the shadows to the kink blueprint is shame. And this prevents us from being able to fully step into our optimal pleasure and sexual personality. And we don't want that for you. Not at all. We want you to be able to fully embrace exactly who you are as a sexual being. Now, I've got the absolute fiery and passionate Erica Briones here to show us what's possible for our sex lives. We're going to get into talking about BDSM, the power that you can harness here, as well as men's sexuality and their self-mastery. Oh, I'm already blushing and excited. (laughs) But before we get to Erica and all of her sexiness, (laughs) lovers, you are the reason that I do this show. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in, for spreading the word, for leaving your reviews and trying some of the suggestions and products that we recommend. I absolutely love hearing about your takeaways and all of what you've been discovering and up to, because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex better. Now, if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can uplevel your sex, love, and vitality. I even have a new ebook out to help you have better conversations around sex. I call it dirty talk. 
Now, let's welcome Erica. Hi, Erica. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> Even your voice is super sweet and sexy. Keep talking to me. Just, just. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up, girl? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Erica is the founder of Sexy Soul Collective. Her mission here is to spread stories of love and sexuality by collecting different views around the world and starting with her Mexican heritage, which is something that's really inspiring to me to hear more and more women come up forward and, and uh, not only embodying, but celebrating their heritage. And her passion is especially around empowering heart-centered men looking to unlock their sexual confidence at a level they never thought possible. Girl, we need you in this world. Do people tell you that? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I've already gotten five text messages today that said, we need you. (laughs) Yeah. And a few sexy ones. (laughs) Oh my God. Was I one of them? No, mine was like, I'll see you in five minutes. That could actually be sexy. I said it in the sexiest tone possible. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. I... Like I said, this is so synchronistic of all these just recently. I'm into BDSM and that kind of thing. And yet how often in this last week that exact term has come up multiple times for me and it's not in the regular for me. So I was with one of my girlfriends and she was telling me that I needed you on. And I was like, oh, oh, here we go again. I need you, Erica. I need you. I even wonder, like, what, how did you even get into BDSM? Like, what, what was that for you? It started in college. I was watching The Secretary, and I oh. was getting turned on by, by the lecture, and I had to write a paper on it, and I said, this is amazing. Years later, after I graduate. I saw an ad on Craigslist about being a secretary to a dominatrix, actually. Stop it. And yes, yes. (laughs) Wait, 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 pause. So that movie Secretary, that was such a turn on for me too. That's the (laughs) one with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes, yes, yes. It's And for those of you who don't know what that movie is, can you describe that to them? In, in your sexiest voice ever. Oh, well, it's a movie about <laughs> this woman who is really suffering. She's a cutter, and eventually she meets Mr. Gray. Ooh. And eventually he tells her that he wants her to um, be his, his secretary. And that turns into this DS relationship where she ends up making typing mistakes because she knows that if she makes a mistake that she will be punished. And so mm. she does this on purpose. And so she transforms her her cutting and her pain with her family and her crazy, you know, fucked up family. And then she starts getting into this DS relationship where, you know, she's like spanked by Mr. Gray and she's having this like really um spiritual experience which causes her to like learn about herself and yeah it's yeah it's such a 
amazing film because it's so much deeper than actually the 50 shades of gray movie, which is really commercial. This mm-hmm. one actually really goes deep into the psyche. Wow. Wow. Is, was that kind of your experience as well? Uh, well, first of all, I was never a cutter. <laughs> I, I love my skin. <laughs> like I like yeah. the lotion on my skin to feel nice. I like my manicure. Um, I was actually really depressed and I did not know who I was. And I always envied women who were in their, in their power. And I never knew where can I access my power? Where is this powerful woman? Where is she? I'm like looking everywhere under the like in movies and books. And then I get this ad on Craigslist and I said, <laughs> hmm, what if, what if I start to just dive into this rabbit hole? And I come from this world where I was like, my friends called me at the time, a goody goody. I mm-hmm. went to school. I took like, I made honors. I you know, graduated at the top of my class and had this diploma, but I was like searching for something. Like there's something in my life that was missing. Mm-hmm. And like Dorothy, you know, in the movie Wizard of Oz, she's like looking for home, looking for that, like that feeling. Right. And for me, it was when, once I started to tap into embracing my sexual power by accepting my wounds, by accepting my darkness accepting your wounds, accepting your darkness. Now mm-hmm. it's, so I also come from a yoga background and there are so many people that, you know, proclaim the light, the light, you know, like light beings for this earth, you know, kind of thing. And I also am really drawn to this, this darkness kind of thing. How would you describe that to somebody who's like, what, what are you talking about? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, for me, the darkness starts with owning your family dynamic. A lot of our darkness comes from our stories. For some people, it may not be um, sexual trauma. It may not be a bad experience with your family. It could be the breakup with the love of your life. Maybe you have been in a relationship where you've been in a relationship for 10 years and you break up and that was the catalyst that just puts you into this dark path of, am I not pretty enough? Am I not smart enough? Like, who am I? Right. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know who we are because we're always given this, this formula of, you know, go to this college, get this, you know, read this book, go make this money, marry this person by the time you're 35, have babies. And then we're, we're put on the schedule, a timeline. And we feel like if we don't meet that timeline, then we fail. And then we start to go into this, this rabbit hole of who am I? And we're questioning ourselves or belief systems. Mm -hmm. And then we go into that spiral where, you know, our thoughts create our actions and then our actions create our reality. And so in my case, it was a lot of different pillars. It was a lot of different um, belief systems. And eventually, once I discovered my voice by actually sharing my my tale, I started to really love myself. Mm, And this was sharing your tale as in BDSM or what do you mean? Different, different, Different aspects of sexuality. I mean, 
there was the sexual abuse, but it was also, hey, I'm living a double life. And I want to talk to someone about that because I know that there's a lot of sex workers or people who still have that shame. And I come from, mm. you know, this Catholicism background where, you know, when I was growing up, my mom would spank me and, mm-hmm. and yet I would go to church and kneel before, you know, the, the cross and mm-hmm. the Pope. And I would just feel like, oh my God, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. This I, did too. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stigma around, um, it was mostly my, my religious beliefs that like made me feel really, really small. And that secret that you were talking about, like hiding your secret, hiding who you are really comes down to sexual, to this, our sexuality. How, what do you mean by that? So for me, in my experience, um, I was always living a double life since I was a little girl. And you, you keep, you brought up the living a double life. I'm fascinated. Like, how do you, how do you do that? What does that look like? Well, this is just so, <laughs> in, oh my God, like your questions are just like waking me up. <laughs> I'm like feeling so much, um, energy and emotion. And every time I tell this, I really set my intention for those two to own their story. So when I say a double life, I was going out to see my friends and I was screaming like inside internally. I wanted to tell someone so bad, Hey, I'm actually not happy right now. I'm not Mm -hmm. happy with this love double life. I can't tell anyone my secrets about, Hey, I I went and I spanked someone and I had like this amazing, awesome experience and I want to tell someone I'm so excited. I'm so hungry to just celebrate this with, because sexuality is our birthright mm-hmm. and it's such a beautiful, magical thing. But if you do not share it, you're like, you're depriving your every part of yourself. Mm. And so I would go dancing and I remember just leaving the dungeon I had a, a session with the client where I had him, you know, bark like a dog because that's what he wanted. And he also wanted to just like, you know, feel humiliated and he wanted so many different things, but he was also so positive and so exciting. And when I had this moment, I wanted to like celebrate it, but instead I had to like shove it down because I was taught that to like mm. not, not tell anyone. Like there was that, that little girl that was still told don't tell anyone it's a secret right because if if not you're going to be banished Mm -hmm. and so I go out dancing and I just you know get my makeup done like I spent like over a hundred dollars like getting ready and I get to the club and they're like how are you what did you do today and I said oh I'm great or someone would ask me what do you do for a living and I would say I'm a secretary (laughs) (laughs) um And I did not like that. I did not like, I did not like lying. Like when you're lying for so such a long time, when you can't really tell people, your friends, your loved ones, you're not whole. Mm. And for me, it's depriving your, who you are on a sexual level. Uh I, I get it. I get it that there's so much taboo, so much rules. And 
imagine what it would feel like to just be like, Hey cat, like I had the most amazing time. I like dominated. <laughs> I use this awesome toy. Um, oh my God. She had all these multiple orgasms <laughs> and like she has the best experience ever. And she feels so happy. I can't believe I gave her this gift. Wow. Oh my God. I'm like so turned on over here. You can't even see me, but just imagine. <laughs> yes. I know I said her. Okay. So when I was saying her, I was talking about a friend of mine that I gave her a birthday gift where I dominated her. And this woman completely changed my life. What do you change your life? It sounds like your life already changed. <laughs> So many times, how could it change again? <laughs> it always changes. <laughs> you changed my life too. <laughs> ah, yes! <laughs> I'm getting so turned on right now. <laughs> so what was the point? Because now you're talking about this on my show. What was the point for you where you moved from uh, feeling shame and quietness around, you know, not disclosing it to, hey, I'm on, on E Play Sex telling you all about my BDSM <laughs> soiree. Was there a point where you were like, oh, I have to, uh, I, and now it's time for me to talk about this more or yes, yes. I, I shifted that when I went to poly, like a polyamorous intimacy fest type event, it was like a sex positive event. And I met these educators who were talking and owning who they were. One of them was a conscious dominatrix. The other one was a conscious stripper. There was so many different types of people sharing about sexuality. And, and then at the same time, I'm hearing them, I'm witnessing them share boldly. And I wanted to become that. There was multiple mm. times where I could have shared. And I said, no, like everyone has a story. Like my story doesn't matter. At the time, I was so afraid of my story. Even the sound of my voice, Kat, like not even kidding you, I hated to talk. Mm. That it, if, yes, I did not like to talk. Like if you ask people five years ago, people would say she did not really talk. And if I did talk, it would be very quiet. It would be in a whisper. I would be like, hey, Kat, how's it going? Or <laughs> it would be like very awkward. <laughs> and all, a lot of my friends said, yeah, I did not really speak. And if I spoke... It came from a really, you know, uncertain and fearful place. And now I'm just like, okay, I want someone to understand the power of your voice. And in Tantra, sound is the fifth element. It's like the most powerful thing that you have is your voice. It is mm -hmm. the most healing instrument that you have. You know, right now we have like, we have access to podcast information. We can listen to binaural beats. There's so many things. And just hearing that voice, you're just like, oh yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Mm, <laughs> you're yeah. Just, right? Like owning, owning your voice, owning your sexy. Yeah. I love that. Owning your sexy, owning your voice. There's an episode that we did on Eat, Play, Sex with Eva Clay. And we were talking about voice activation and the power of vibration through the, through the body and the um, vagus nerve. So, and, and I know that that's like you're saying, that's such a strong theme for Tantra. Absolutely. And this is one of the principles I teach is for men to own their voice. 
a thing that I commonly see is men are afraid of vocalizing, like, you know, moaning with their partner or asking for what they want because Mm -hmm. they're so used to using their voice in their every other day. It's very punchy. It's very, I'm out to hustle. It's, they have this high punch of using their, their own voice. But when it comes to the bedroom, they're like, it's dull. They're kind of, they're in a standstill. What? Wait a minute. Well, no, not, not, not everyone. Trust me. Like, this is just, <laughs> this is just because I always ask them, like, what do you moan? Do you like tell mm-hmm. your lover what you want? They're like, oh no, I'm shy. I'm, I'm really scared of asking for what I want because it really comes from their relationship with their mothers for, mm-hmm. for some of them. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not everyone. There's just different, different situations for, for why they hold back. Sure. No, I actually think that you're on to something with this because I'm thinking about back to some of my past lovers and like, I would be like, ah, ah, you know, like making all these sound <laughs> noises and flails and <laughs> I really looked like a sardine or something just like flopping around. <laughs> but, um, but from the guys, I-, I could hear their heavier breathing, but they wouldn't, most of them wouldn't necessarily make sound. And uh, that's so interesting to think about. Te, you, do you see this as a pattern for men in this culture? I do see a pattern for men in this culture, especially with the political climate of the Me Too movement and all of these, you know, accusations. And we're recently seeing the Gillette commercial, and men are questioning, "Who am I? Like, how can I approach a woman?" and mm-hmm you know, they have a lot of shame as you were talking about. There's a lot of shame about even, you know, asking for a girl's number or how can Mm -hmm. I touch her? Am I going to be too hard? And some of them are just afraid because a lot of them are, are being accused or misaccused of, Mm -hmm. you know, being raped. And so they're afraid or on the other spectrum, they don't really care. They don't have that wisdom. And I've, encountered several men when I was in the industry that that broke a lot of boundaries that they were a lot more um more violent Mm -hmm. and and so again this was not their fault this is just culture Mm. this just comes down to culture and one of the things I want men to learn is like embrace owning not only like their sexuality but but voicing their truth, voicing what's actually present for them in their body when they're, you know, turned on. I'm not saying to like message every girl in your, in your DMs that you're attracted to, but start to <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, hey girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to do what instead? To learn sexual self-mastery practices. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's sexy. What does that mean? Self-mastery. Um, so the ancient Taoists believed they learned this formula to help men to last as long as possible, um, have multiple orgasms, and be memorable lovers. And when they learn sexual self-mastery practices, um, they will learn how to really own their life force for creativity, to become like amazing in the bedroom, not just for the woman, but for themselves, and for them to just like feel unstoppable, unleashed, powerful. And I mean, who wouldn't want that? (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. To be rememberable. Like, yeah, I think we all want to be rememberable in bed. Yeah. So this is so fascinating hearing you talk because I think I'm I'm putting these pieces together from the very beginning of our conversation where you were talking about BDSM and embracing this darkness, but then you're bringing in words like consciousness and Taoist and awareness. And it's like, I can hear in the way that you communicate here, this light, this balance between light and darkness. And it really just comes to releasing the the shame. And mm. actually, the I'm working with a man who is unable to orgasm. Mm-hmm. So orgasm is completely different from ejaculation. Ejaculation is that that sensation, but orgasm is like that pleasure. You you feel it in your upper chakras. It's mm. like when you had really good food, you're you're just ah, it felt it was so yummy, and ejaculation is completely different where, um, it's a sensation, but it's not like something that moves all over the body, right? When you're doing like a DMT breathing, or maybe you're doing like really good yoga practice, you're feeling like pleasure from that, right? Except for some of these men, they're, they're so trapped because they're not able to like voice maybe a hidden shame or, maybe they're grieving someone and they haven't truly mourned it. They're just kind of like going really, really fast with their emotions instead of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, let me just be still with my body. Let me allow, you know, the energy to move me and let me start to like love my, my cock, my, my sex, whatever parts that they call it Mm -hmm. and just have a relationship with, with it. Mm. So I'm hearing a lot of mindfulness and anchoring into the body and just being in tune with what you're doing instead of falling into this conventional sex of like thrusting and getting it and seeking the orgasm, like go, go, go kind of thing. Yeah. No, I mean, both are great, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. a dance. It could be like a slow cha-cha or sometimes it can be a really fast mambo, right? Mm -hmm. Like every except if you're you're always going really fast all the time your adrenals are going to get you know shut down but if you learn how to just be more conscious even if it's with um your own sexuality or BDSM always bring your intention to it always bring this this feeling of like okay like I really want to have this amazing experience but where am I holding back in my emotions and I, and I can imagine a lot of the men on here who are listening to this are like, what do you mean my emotions? <laughs> emotions. That's, um, it's different for so many people, for many men, because they don't know what it is to cry. They don't know what it is. It's either really angry and, um, motivating on one spectrum or quiet and depressed on the other spectrum. You know, mm. in the in the red pill community, I know a lot of men who have been suppressed sexually, they end up, you know, going celibate and and feeling angry and then they start to use their emotions for 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 violence instead of like, hey, I'm noticing I'm holding this back. How about I process in a way that like allows me to feel held by, by my relationships, by my community, by my brothers. So it can really show up 
And that takes willingness. Like the key ingredient is willingness to share. Okay, so what's happening right now? For for an example is I had one guy who, he is um, a police officer and Mm -hmm. he's incredibly heart-centered and he hasn't mourned his father he he talks about it but he hasn't truly allowed his body to express it fully express that range mm. perhaps you have to go visit um your dad's you know uh go to the his memorial and just like talk to your dad right mm-hmm. like one of the things i really invite men is to build a relationship with their father Mm. What do you see around that? Well, the men that I've worked with, a few of them don't have a relationship with their, their father. Mm-hmm. And that shows up in how they have their balance of their masculine energy. So some of them, so I'll just use my own example. Like I feel like I had an unwounded masculine because my father was not present, my real father. And his way of being a father was very um, unhappy. Uh, he was yelling all the time. He was like in that fight or flight. He was in the, the, okay, there's a shadow aspect of the king archetype. So the shadow king is someone who's a tyrant, someone who's very active, but active in a very aggressive way. And that comes from men who have been resenting their own fathers or they have not had a real relationship with their own masculinity, their own masculinity. And so my invitation is for these men to like really learn how to love their father, their inner child. Hmm. So you're bringing in a really cool concept that I want everybody who's tuning in to to really grasp because I think this is really important. Um, You're bringing in this word archetypes and the way that you talk, you've brought in multiple times these different characters. You used the word character earlier. And Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work around archetypes showing up in ourselves as well. Can you expand on what that means and how it can be helpful for people or how Mm -hmm. they can apply that practically? That is a really good question. This is something that is really alive for me in the moment. I have been studying the work of Robert Moore based on the book, King, Warrior, Lover, Magician. There's four primary archetypes based on the male psyche. The king archetype is a leader, someone who is really creating order and change in the world. So take a movie like The Lion King or Lord of the Rings. You know, there's these leaders who they want to really cultivate responsibility, leadership. They want to see the plants grow. They want to like see community. They want to see like babies being born. And that's the king archetype, right? But then if you go and explore the shadow aspect of the king, that there is the the tyrant shadow of the king. The tyrant shadow of the king is someone who is is creating order but based on like their ego personality you know like they just want glory they want fame they want money um they want attention 
except it's not healthy. It's like unbalanced. They're just going because, you know, they're, they're coming from their own selfish motives. Mm. And sometimes what I do, this is just something I wanted to share is I sometimes meditate on my shadow king and it just Mm. brings me back into humility Mm. because part of the archetype, like a really powerful king is surrendering to know that you are not going to live forever. And when you know that your time is going to end, then that is, you're coming from a really humble place, but you're also stepping into leadership, knowing who you are in the world. So that is a king archetype. And that's something that I explore with my clients is how can we really get you into that world of being a king in the world? Because there's so many men with so many different gifts, except they're hiding their, uh, their king because they are not really embracing their shadow king. And then we have the lover archetype, which is something that we all naturally have. Like you and I, Kat, we are obviously lover archetypes. Um, we're sensual, you know, uh-huh. we're playing with our hair, you know, we're also <laughs> making love with our food. We're just playful. We're poets. We're creators. We're dancing with alchemy. We're dancing with all the senses. We're really, really present with touch. We are present with smell, with sexuality, with just every aspect of consciousness. That's the lover archetype. And then there's the shadow aspect of the lover archetype where the lover archetype, if it's like suppressed, um, they can be the needy, spoiled child, right? The the child that's um, living with their parent, they're resentful, they're playing video games, they don't want to address love, they're not masturbating, they're... Um, they're afraid of talking about sex and they, let's just say, for example, um, there's a movie called Moonlight, which I have barely been watching. And in the movie Moonlight, the little boy is a dreamer. He is gay, except he does not have the best relationship with his mother. His mother is um, someone who has that shadow king archetype. And then he grows up becoming a drug dealer. And eventually he starts to find love, but it took the ability for him to change and pivot his relationship with his mother that allowed him to finally say, I love you. Mm. I love you. When you start to heal, like all of the inner child wounds, you start to really embrace the lover archetype. And now two more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like getting so excited about this. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Yeah. And then we have the magician archetype. The magician archetype is the alchemist, the magician, the sorcerer, someone who is a creatrix, someone who is creating podcasts like you. Um, They can be the director, but they can also be the actor. They can play on different roles. And they are all about magic, mystery, wisdom really shining the light to the collective of the things that we don't know. So they're Mm -hmm. always like anchoring us into our being by teaching us these different roles. So a magician is someone like a coach, a visionary, um, a singer, someone who creates um, essential oils, you know, you can create like sex toys. That's, that's a magician. And so how it shows up in our sex life is someone who is like, really learning how to explore with our edges. 
So if you're into the magician, then you would learn how to play into your edges. You would learn how to like, I'm going to use this candle. Okay. I have a candle and then I have like (laughs) this coconut oil. Oh my God. I see the floor. Okay. I'm going to go grab that, that juicy, um, that juicy mat and we're going to do some yoga. And then I'm going to like put a collar around his neck. And then after that, I'm going to pull their hair and then I'm going to put some, um, oil on them. So like, yeah. And then, and then we're going to breathe together and you're just going to, you're going to create, you're going to create all these experiences. Right. So that's like that, the magician archetype, right? That's in the BDSM world where you Mm want to create this like sacred space. And actually the magician is all about sacred space. They're all about creating the, the environment, right? So when you learn how to become the magician in your world, you're going to be able to create sacred space around you, whether you're at the yoga place and you're like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to do some down dogs and hey, we're going to do some a little bit kink. We're going to pull our hair. We're going to get some blindfolds out. You're creating the experience. So that's the magician. Mm. And the fourth one, I said king, lover, war- oh, warrior. So the war, this is the last one, Kat. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm so here. Tell me. Oh my gosh. I'm just so excited. <laughs> the warrior archetype is our inner superhero, our inner badass. This oh, is yeah. the, this is, <laughs> and again, I just want to tell you guys that I'm learning this as I'm coaching this, this is something that I am still on my journey and, and to get in your journey is by owning your archetypes. So the last one is the warrior. This is the, this is the key of our masculine. It's really getting into our emotional state, our physical state and intellect. So the physical is like really learning how to get in your body, right? Like for you, it would be yoga. For someone else, it would be karate. Really finding that, that exercise, that activity to get you more into the unconscious. And then the unconscious is your body. The unconscious is the body. And then um, an example of the warrior is superwoman. So superwoman, she's training She's training to become this amazing superhero. She's doing like sword fighting and, but she's also working on the intellect, you know, really learning how to like, um, master the world, learning how to fight the bad guys, learning about their psyche. But then she also has to learn about her internal emotions, her inner warrior, learning how to come from source. Because when you're your own hero for the mothers out there, because there's like, mothers who want to be the the superwoman of today. Mm-hmm. They want to do it all. They want to like cook. They want to clean. They want to take care of their kids. They want to do all the things. They want to do all the things, except that energy is very scattered, right? Like you feel like you have to hold um, like two bowls of water and it's kind of draining <laughs> instead of like, yeah. hey, let me take a breath. Mm. Hmm. Let me notice that energy. Wow. So when you describe archetypes, it's like 
these, I see you categorize these characteristics that we all have into these nice little packages. How does that help people? It helps people's awareness Mm -hmm. since it allows them to really get into um, knowing which mask to put on. But mostly when you learn the fundamentals of these archetypes, you start to really learn how to become more of who you are. Because the thing is, you are already a king. You're already a warrior. Mm -hmm. You're already a lover. And it comes down to play. Like how can we like right? You're all about eat, play, sex. sex. <laughs> yeah. Like how can how can you play right? Like when you're a kid, right? You want to play fantasy. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to put on that costume. I'm going to put on that costume. I'm going to be a firefighter. Okay, what does it look like to be a firefighter? Okay, I'm going to get my my hat and get my hose and turn off the fire. Right that's play for a kid. And Mm -hmm. for you, if you want to play to become a lover, you're like, okay, what does it look like to be this lover archetype? Mm. Right. And it's not based on the movie. It's, it's based on your primary lover archetype. Who is he? Who is she? If you met him or her in the future, what's different about them? What are they wearing? How are they speaking? Mm. How are they holding their own energy? Mm. Like, like for you, Kat, like, um, who would she be? Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing all of this now come together, you know, where we were talking about BDSM, we're talking about men's self-mastery, we're talking about archetypes. It's just, and the removing of shame, it's like this allowance of all of these different parts of ourselves integrated and not separate from Mm -hmm. us. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It comes to integration and really discovering your own archetype, becoming mm-hmm. your own archetype. You have these different masks, these different ways of being, because it's really a being, it's really an energy. And mm-hmm. the only distinction is how can I put all of these to become more of me, to become more of me? Wow. That's healing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's so much fun. Like it's so much fun when you get to really understand the archetypes and you explore this in cinema and really get to see who am I, who is my shadow King? Who's my shadow archetype? Have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. So shadow is the unhealthy part. Yes. Shadow is the unhealthy part. It's the unbalance. It's the ego. It's like the bipolar aspect of your archetype. Mm. So becoming mindful of this balance between the two and that you don't go so far over into Mm -hmm. that area. Got it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like a way to keep yourself in check. Yeah. You keep yourself in check. And what I, what I've been starting to do is, is meditating on the shadow king, meditating on the shadow aspects to really humble yourself mm-hmm. and, and really think about the bigger picture. What am, what am I out here to conquer? Like, how can I have like juicy sex without like, you know, really going into needing so much from that person? Like I need him to, to love me. I need him to do this for me instead of like, Hey, I'm so excited to play with you. Oh my God. We get to play. <laughs> ah. This is so exciting. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love this. And this is your work. This is what you help men do, right? Absolutely. And it's so much fun. I love it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what I love is helping them dress the part because uh-huh. there's there's different aspects. First is the mindset, really getting into their archetype. The mm-hmm. second one is dressing the part. The third one is getting clear on your vision and creating a passion project around it. And finally, like learning the 20 principles to become that archetype. There's 20 principles. What? I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so, and they can all find you. You run these programs for them, for men. Yes. Based on um, my coach. So I'm an evolved masculine leadership coach under Dustin uh-huh. Garrett. Yeah. And it's truly an honor to oh, I love be. Him. Yes. <laughs> I. Oh I have to tell you the story. I was once in um, at this event with him and my friend Josephina, who also is on this. Um, Josephina Bashout, she's also on in uh, on Eat Play Sex, so check her out. And I was next to both of them, and all three of us practice energy work. And all of a sudden, I felt this like super strong, like sexual energy. And I was like, I didn't even have to look, and I was just like. I feel you guys. And they just both start cracking up because they're like <laughs> playing with energy next to me. And it was just like <laughs> amazing and super yummy. But yeah, okay. <laughs> energy play is the newest trend right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag trending. <laughs> Hashtag energy play. <laughs> energy play. So I I wonder as we're beginning to wrap up, are there, could you give our listeners three takeaways that they can implement for themselves right now, especially around this mastery of self? Yes, this is, I'm so excited for this. So number one is before you give your sub the BDSM experience, give Mm. them homework. Mm. Like what? What does that mean? So you So let's just say that you and your lover want to explore BDSM, whether you're just flogging each other, blindfolds and cacao, um, you give them three, three important text messages. Okay. You text them, um, this, tell me three things you really want to have. The second one is tell me three things that you are no to. The -hmm. last one is tell me three things that would take you over the edge as if, if this was the last day that we're going to have sex, what would these three things be like? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so you're already setting up the stage there. Yeah. Because, uh-huh. because your partner is giving you context and then when you get that message, you're going to already create that environment. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So what's the second one? Unpack your hidden emotions. What? Yep. <laughs> well, in BDSM, the number one rule in BDSM from Urban Tantra is you cannot be a dom. You cannot do a BDSM session when you're angry. And I'm a Latina. You know, I, I can be, I can get really angry over the, the windows are shaking like that angry, but you don't want to do this with, 
with a BDSM session. So if mm. you're with your partner, um, you want your partner to tell them everything, like be as angry about your day, but you want to do that in a pillow or mm-hmm. you want to scream underwater. Yes. Or I just discovered that you can scream directly into the palm of your hand and it doesn't sound out. Like oh. if you your whole mouth on the palm of your hand. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So one, one of the things to do, like before you, you know, get Shabari out or before you bring out your fun tools, get your anger out into a pillow or your palm mm-hmm. of your hand. And then finally, when you release that anger, you know, share to your partner, what are you holding back here? Or mm-hmm. what are you holding back? Where in your life are you holding back your desires? Mm. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then and number that, three. And oh, number ahead. three. And number three is find something soft, thuddy, hard, prickly, cold, hot, or in maybe three out of five. The reason you do this is because in BDSM, you don't want to just use one instrument. You want to use at least three. You know, we have different elements. We have wind, fire, you know, earth, and you want to use all of them in a way that really gets the body activated, right? Like every different sensation is going to activate a different part of you. And when you do this, do this as long as a, as a song, right? You want to use one instrument as long as a song. So let's just say, Kat, if I'm like doing this on you, so I'm going to imagine that I'm, I'm doing this on you. So you are lying on my massage table. I have mm. the crop out. Oh, yeah. I would, I would first massage your body with hot, yummy oil. And I would just use really soft pressure. (sighs) And then after a while, after the, the oil kind of slowly dissipates, then I would start getting the cane out and I would just Mm. use it very lightly around your hair, you know, just going slowly drawing on your back Mm. and then I would just use more like pressure more banging more thudding Mm. a a different rhythm based on a song Mm -hmm. and then I would go I would go from really really slow to really really fast based on the beat of the drums and then I would go back to massaging your back so you want to play with um one element for a little bit you want to give the body a surprise a shock because the body's so used to the same thing that if you just use these different elements, it's just going to make the body like, what is happening here? And creating those endorphins, that oxytocin, and it's just going to heighten your experience. I love this. These are such, these are great and accessible tips for people who want to explore it or, you know, like look into it, but aren't ready for the full jump in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all, all this is, is Tantra BDSM. You want to learn a little bit of breathing, a little bit of 
you know, bringing your intention and consciousness to it. And then just adding a few elements, even if you don't have like the, the budget for it, you can use a fork, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can use a blindfold, go to the 99 cent store. There's so many fun things at the 99 cent store that you can experiment with. You never know. You might even create your own sex toy. (laughs) (laughs) but make sure make sure you're just really you you explore it on yourself first like Mm -hmm. explore the texture because if you don't like it on your own body your partner might not even like it either so always like try it on yourself first before you try it on your partner Mm. or at least talk about it and ask about it beforehand right yes that empowerment and consent Oof. I love this, Erica. What a salacious conversation that we had today. (laughs) How can people find more about you? Where can they connect with you? They can find me on Instagram, Sexy Soul Collective, my website, Mm -hmm. ericabriones.com, E-R-I-K-A-B-R-I-O-N-E-S.com. And for your listeners, I am giving you guys a discount for two sex toys. All these. I'm so excited. Yes, the, let's go. The water slide. So the water slide is this water diverger that you use in the bathtub for women. And the other one is House of SXN. And this is an exclusive luxurious company that has different, um, has leather cuffs and it's just really high end. And I give you the discount for today is Sexy Soul. In capital letters. So get it. I know I was looking them up and I was like, oh, oh my God. Yes. So much yes around this. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Erica, for joining. This was really awesome. And it, again, it gives everybody such an accessible way to help them master themselves and their sexuality. Thank you so much. I had so much fun with you and (laughs) I can't wait to meet you and for us to all play. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We'll give you, all of you lovers, a play-by-play of that play. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) So you can all find her. The links will be in the show notes. And lovers, thank you again for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show, connect with me and Erica, and get your free ebook on how to have better conversations around sex, as well as Erica's awesome gifts to you. Because our goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. So you can improve your sex life, which we all know improves every aspect of your life. Hmm. I'll see you kittens next time on Eat Play Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.